viral cancer to kill Castro, et cetera, et cetera, um, uh, you know, was manipulated um, unknowingly. A, a good person, you know, that, that was just sucked into this system and told she was doing something good. But uh, so, uh, so I'll have to ask, at least for this week, we're not going to be taking calls because once I uncork this lady, um, I just want her to tell what she knows and what she's experienced and what she thinks, you know, is going on. So, Judith, are you there in the background, my friend? I am. Yes. Thank you for that nice um, prelude. Yeah, no, no, Judith, um, you know, I, you know, you asked me, you know, where do you want to go? Do you want to go, you know, the New Orleans, Lee Harvey Oswald days, or do you want to go into the new nightmare that we're in with the with the COVID and the vaccines and, well, air quote vaccines and, uh, and what's happening? And, and I said, you know, well, Judith, you know, um, you know, hopefully you, you might be uh, kind, kind of continuing on with me and we can have a series of these. Um, we'll, we'll see how it goes, whether you're comfortable with it or not, but... Um, I, I, I would like to, you know, just uh, start off, you know, with, with uh, who you were. You know, you, you grew up in Florida. Okay, sure. A, a beautiful young woman, you know, and just brilliant and got pulled into this system. You know, what happened and what were you involved with? Okay. Well, Alan, I think so that our readership or listening ship uh, will have a good idea of, of what we're talking about. <clears throat> a lot of people wonder why we keep the... United States government has, well, they did one thing. In 1964, they instituted the term conspiracy theorist to handle anybody who had any problems or questions about the Kennedy assassination. Now, they had good reason to do that if you knew all that was going on behind the scenes. The Kennedy assassination basically created a playbook which was used for the assassinations and cover-ups and, and the backstories and the four stories and the uh, unbelievable, but they became believable excuses of, of for all the coincidences and the deterioration of our society and the destruction of the America that we knew. It's serious. It's ongoing. They're using the same playbook. There's always a patsy. There's always... Um, so there are so many layers, and then they create many, many stories to obscure the truth. And when someone speaks the truth, they either get killed or they get harassed, or, or they, like me, character assassination, because um, they don't want to, if, I think if something had happened to me that really uh, created uh, a problem of suspicious uh, death or something, because I'd make sure that if anything happened to me, a lot of different files and things would be released. Uh, had I not done that, I might not be here today. Everyone I worked with that was of importance was murdered in what I'm yeah. about to tell you about. So murder means nothing. You can actually validate that there were underground labs, you know, the David Berry, that, that whole oh, yeah, theory, I, you know, um, of, of creating that, that you know, a, a, a transmissible cancer virus, you know. Something, you know. Well, that, I, that's I mean, it. What happened, uh, we were... Just like today, you know how everybody's all worked up about Ukraine. They said enormous amount of money. Well, this is only 90 miles off the, uh, the, the United States, Cuba, and you have nuclear weapons on top of uh, ICBM missiles that were being aimed at us. I uh, already knew an awful lot about Castro, and I can go into that a little later. But the bottom line is, is that we were convinced that we were 
by killing Castor, we could avert World War III. I've said a bunch of lies, okay, because war is what the, this whole country thrives on, that is, the people at the top. And they compromise everybody so that we're almost in a state of constant war because it makes too much money. They don't care how many people are killed. That's not the point. The point is money, and money has become their god. Now, basically, I, I felt like I was doing something wonderful and working with these people. Uh, and because I believed we would be able to kill Castro, I saved. They didn't know this. I saved lots of different files and different ways to prove that I was involved. Because of that, nobody could sue me about the book. They were going and uh, say I'm crazy or other things, but they will not mention the book. They won't mention me and Lee, the first version, which came out over a decade ago. But now we have more witnesses. I have living witnesses and other witnesses. The new witness, in fact, I have, because for people said I don't have any witnesses, the latest one, uh, when she spoke out, she was uh, 10 years old, and she was spent a lot of her summer um, with her grandmother, and her grandmother was my landlady, and had the back half of the house. I had the front half of the apartment. And she saw Lee Oswald there so many times she thought he lived there. And so she's told two conferences in a row with a lot hundreds of people listening uh, exactly uh, all about Lee. You know, he helped us with uh, a ringer washing machine, for example, that, you know, he had to ring out the clothes. He, he helped with that. He helped her mow the little yard and so on, all kinds of little details. And her memory is ex- excellent. But, of course, uh, and her name is Claudia Roddick. She doesn't mind if I mention her name or anything. Uh, the, the Roddick's family, uh, Susie Hanover, uh, uh, her sons and daughters uh, married and had a lot of kids. And this little girl, well, she was 10. That's not so, you know, she could remember everything. I, I can remember things from a very young age. At any rate... I'm sorry, but you just mentioned the name Roddick. Could this be like of the yeah. Hillary Roddick Clinton family, possibly? Uh, n- no, not really. This is New Orleans, okay. and there, <laughs> there's so much inbreeding and things going on. That, and by the way, there are many people that um, it's interesting. I was later. I would go many years later, and I would teach at University of Louisiana, Louisiana at Lafayette, um, because I wanted to collect witnesses if any were still alive. I was. You see, if I was very were still alive. <laughs> that's the main phrase, yeah. yeah, if any were still alive, yeah. Well, well, that's exactly what my concern was, because none of them had contacted me. But I wondered, a lot of people saw me and Lee together. I mean, why in heck? Um, well, they were afraid, of course, just like me. I wouldn't speak out. I, I, In fact, in 1991, when my son came from college, uh, look, look. I promised Lee that I would tell his little girls, he said this, I know they're going to kill me. I know I'm going to die. But please tell my little girls that I was a good guy. That's all I asked. And you know I didn't do it. I was too afraid. And then I saw the film JFK, and it said to be silent. is really to be a coward. I'm not a coward. But I, I wanted to protect my children. I had five. I had five children because Lee said, I'll never have children now. I'm not going to, you know, just the children I've got, they'll never know me. He said, please have babies for me. 
So I had five. Wow. It's because I love him that much. And because I love him so much, I'm still speaking. And people will say, oh, she's doing this for the money. or something. My life has been destroyed by this. But it doesn't make any difference. I love him, and, I'm, and he's been horribly treated, mistreated, lied about. And, of course, now I'm having, they're doing that to me. But I don't care because people are listening more and more. It's wonderful. People's eyes are being opened. They're finally connecting the dots. So important. So let's start at the beginning uh, to understand how I got into this mess. But remember, when I saw that film, JFK, it was the day after my last child left home and went on her on her honeymoon. That's when I, I could not bear to look at that film. And a lot of people may not understand, but I saw Lee shot dead before my eyes on TV. I remember screaming and throwing up. I don't remember anything more for a couple of days. But the trauma that I went through and experienced was so great that I refused to look at another newspaper article. I looked at no books, no references, no... Uh, if they ever had anything on TV, I turned it off. I was... You could not find a, a more... Um, strange can I I ask you this when Jack Ruby died of cancer 28 days after he was arrested did did you possibly think that it's like oh my god it's like that was what I was working on was a transmissible cancer let me tell you about Jack Ruby I heard the name Jack Ruby but when I was associated with Lee and Jack uh, I had a dog named Sparky and when I was a little girl, it was my job to let have take Sparky out in the middle of the night because he had a bad bladder problem. <laughs> and uh, he was a young dog, but he just couldn't hold it all night. And if I didn't wake up, he wet on me. I mean, he'd get on my head and wet on me. <laughs> you know? He'd get so angry because I wouldn't wake up, you know? So there was, we were, I come from a Hungarian family. That's really important in this whole narrative as I'll explain uh, if we get an opportunity. Or please remind me, talk about Hungarians, because it's very important about the identity of Lee Oswald. There's one uh, author out there that says he was born into a Hungarian family, and and that's how he learned to speak perfect Russian. If you can get across that strange connection that <laughs> my Hungarian family hated the Russians, and the last thing you wanted to do was learn Russian. But let's go past that. So... I uh, had this dog, and, and uh, the nuns, well, I was going to a Catholic school, and I'm seven years old, and um, we're, I'm one of the three-star pupils they have to get up there. Laura Lynn Dudas was one, and and uh, there was another cute little girl, Teresa. Okay, so the three little girls get up there, and, and we're reading our essays, and it's about the fall, you know. So the first essay is about autumn leaves, and the second one was about autumn leaves, and I looked down at mine, and <clears throat> mine was about autumn autumn leaves. Obviously, the nun had given us all the same assignment. We didn't know that for homework, you know. And I just could not. I bear to think that I am going to read a third essay about autumn leaves to this board group of PTA type, the moms and dads and the nuns. So I, instead, I read to them about this cute dog and all that and how he would wet well, I put it like this: If he didn't, if I didn't take him out, there'd be a disaster. And sure enough, that night, as I lay in bed, I felt this hot, 
wet material over my face. Sparky had done it again, okay? I can't tell you how embarrassed my parents were. And it, it was so shocking for them uh, that uh, talking about a dog urinating on my face, okay? And me, you know, today we're used to outrageous things, but the, back then that was that was really outrageous. Well, as I told this story to Lee and to David Ferry, someone who you can see in the uh, film JFK, poor Dave, uh, I saw in the film, and it really was horrifying to see what happened to him because his name got in the papers in 1967 due to the Garrison investigation. In February, uh, actually in January, uh, they were wondering who was this getaway pilot in February about February 15 or so, February 16, it comes out in the papers. David Ferry sees his name in headlines as the, uh, probably the getaway pilot for that horrible assassin, Lee Oswald. So he calls the district attorney's office in New Orleans. He says, I'm a dead man. I, they will, you know, bad language he used. They're going yeah. to F kill me. <laughs> yeah. I'm a dead man. Yeah, and you know what? Five days later, they found him dead, and they said it was of natural causes. My book, David. Yeah, can I ask you this? Coming from someone who knew David Ferry, was he? You know, he he might have had an odd appearance. Was he the this this nasty, twisted troll, pedophile, you know, homosexual freak that that he's been presented to us? As far as we know. Is that the person okay. you knew? Okay, I have an entire have book out there called David Ferry, Mafia Pilot. Let me tell you about David a little bit, because the history behind him is, is very tragic. Um, he His parents dedicated him to God at an early age and hoped he'd become a priest, and he wanted to. But his first experience with a priest was he got molested. And he had a nervous breakdown. Even when he was a young kid, his hair started falling out. He had to go to psychotherapy and everything it was a really uh, good but then a priest uh, worked with him and taught him how to play the piano and the organ he became so good at it that in college he was giving concerts also he knew all kinds of languages brilliant absolutely brilliant and a courageous man and one of the best pilots you could ever imagine i i know i saw him in action he's uh, on top of that his intelligence was uh his acumen was great he had uh, firm uh, understanding of biology and of chemistry and biochemistry, all very important. His mother got cancer. He learned a lot about cancer research, tried to save his mother, and he was an associate of Dr. Mary Sherman, who was not only an orthopedic surgeon, but a renowned cancer researcher. And those, I was attacked saying, for saying that Mary Sherman, this is early on when I first spoke out, they, they said, oh, Sherman, she was only an orthopedic surgeon. What do you mean cancer research? And they said that knowing that the Wall Street Journal front page said cancer research, you know, uh, 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 specialist Mary Sherman found murdered. Yeah, she was murdered. She was murdered. In in July, I'm I'm going back. I'm going to go. can, Can you tell the audience out there, why were you pulled out? What what was your specialty when you were in high school? When you were very young, you created something. Uh, you know, it, yeah, with, yeah, I did. You okay, but, but, uh, uh, let me try to, 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 to get rid of it. You know, trying to 
cure people from cancer, not just treat oh, okay, it, but, but cure but, cancer. Okay, I just want to finish, though, this, this because you asked about David Ferry. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, and Mary Sherman fits in there. They knew each other, and she taught him a lot of stuff. And uh, anyway, she was, she was found murdered on J- July 21st. 1964, just months after the Kennedy assassination, you know, the very day the Warren Commission came to New Orleans to get testimonies. That's when she was front page news. And there are a lot of Jim people... Jim Garrison, Guy Bannister, speak. that whole lot, yeah. Yes, yeah, there's three in a row. First, it was Hugh Ward, who was special pilot for Bannister and, and uh, actually flew Lee Oswald around, blew up, how cute, Next was Guy Bannister. They said that he died of a heart attack with a bullet in his back. That was very convenient. And then Mary Sherman. All these within 90, day, 90 100 days of each other. Okay. In other words, within the... We're talking and, about and uh, Ma- May, Dr. May, Mary Sherman's June, death and July. Was very, was very strange in itself, was it not? Uh, do, do you think that she was really um, like blown apart in the particle accelerator? Or do you think that yes, she was Yes, we had a linear particle apart? accelerator that was working yeah. with the under the auspices of, of the United States Public Health Service. And uh, it was on campus. I, I, you know, all these details, and we, I've got a lot of information on all of this. I have, you wouldn't believe how much information. But, uh, so we have, the, the bottom line here is that uh, Sherman and Ferry were working together. Uh, Ferry was important because they had a ring of labs setting up this, uh, it's like a, the, the doctors didn't know what other doctors were doing or research scientists were doing because they had them in separate labs. So it made a ring. They only worked on their section of it, that sector, but they didn't want a complete ring. They used David Ferry because it wasn't a doctor, nor was I. And then um, we we were near the very end of this ring when I had to identify particular uh, cancer specimens and things. I will go into that later, and I will tell you in a few minutes why I was qualified for that kind of material, uh, material uh, evidence co- uh, collections and everything we had to do on uh, developing this biological weapon. Now, the thing is, though, we're talking about David Ferry. David uh, became so uh, con- concerned about his spiritual health and everything, he decided he had to become a priest. This second priest who, t- who taught him uh, healed him a lot. So he enters the seminary, and don't you know that at that time he was uh, accosted uh, by someone very high up, and he was molested again uh, to prove the way they said, you need to humble yourself, and here's how you do it, okay? He had a nervous breakdown. His hair fell out. Uh, he, he tried again one more time to enter a monastery, uh, seminary, I mean, and uh, then he would try uh, even a monastery uh, he wanted to be a priest so badly, but in the end, he was he was convinced himself that he had been, must have been born a homosexual. That's why priests were attracted to him, and that it was all, it was his fault. They made him feel like it was his fault that he was filled with lust and all that, and it really made a mess of him. He didn't was not a pedophile. He did, however, um, had incident with uh, one. 15-year-old, but the others were older, okay? The 15-year-old really got him in trouble. He was a runaway, and uh, he was trying to rescue the boy, and the, the boy uh, father was a really uh, savage and beat this boy a lot, and he was 
David Ferry, uh, that's the only one he molested that was that young. But uh, unfortunately, it got him in trouble. He got arrested and everything. Basically, uh, he became a full-blown homosexual. And honestly, uh, it was like he told me, I'm not really, he said, I'm really bi. He said, I really was attracted to women, but my, I have no eyebrows. All my hair has gone in my head except funny strands make me look like a clown. I have, he said, I can't grow a beard. And he said, I have to put on these thick, heavy, fake eyebrows because I'm pilot. I have no eyelashes and dust and gunk gets into my eyes, uh, you know, or otherwise I have to wear goggle, constant goggles, you know. So anyway, I had these weird eyebrows and it made him look strange. He said, then women just wouldn't come near me. That's the way he said it. Now, David Ferry pretended to be uh, anti-Kennedy. There's a long story about that, but I think I need to tell you about that a little later along the line. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. for your information, we'll David Ferry was a patriot. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so now I can start with how I got into that mess, if you, anybody wants to hear about it. Yes, we, we all want to hear about it, Judith. That's why you're on here. Okay. <laughs> it's important, my all friend. Right. Yeah. All right, because it's rather complicated. Uh, it, you see, I was only 19 years old when I was uh, recruited into this. That's terribly young, hard to believe. Uh, but let's start when I when I was uh, not quite 15. Anyway, my grandmother died of cancer. It had a devastating effect on our family. He, she was a matriarch. We had a Hungarian family, and she she ran it. And with her wisdom and kindness and everything, she was not a beautiful woman. But she was a brilliant woman. She knew all kinds of languages. She went, uh, traveled seven times to Europe to get training uh, in, in uh, world-class training uh, and lived in a convent while that was going on. So she was always uh, highly educated for her time, you know, Victorian times when she was born and, you know. So you got to look at, at that. I, we loved her very much, and here she dies. And I had others in my family who were suffering from cancer. So I began research, uh, even though I was, well, what happened when I was 15, going, uh, I also uh, got interested in, I, I read the Encyclopedia Britannica, I started reading it but, and finished it, but um, it turned out I had uh, been given an IQ test, like a lot had, because and as you know, in 56, we had the uh, Sputnik go up, and the United States government tried looking everywhere they could for whiz kids. They're afraid they're going to, you know, the, the uh, Soviets are going to beat them at everything. I mean, Sputnik weighed like 20, uh, lots, it weighed a lot. We put up like a two-pound piece of tin, and, you know, and like a half a year later, I mean, we we're way behind. And so we, uh, they started hunting. Well, uh, they did IQ tests, too, and it turned out I had the highest IQ in uh, the state of Florida for all the uh, kids and uh, some young adults and college students they tested. So a gentleman, his name was Knut Mickelson, came to my high school. I was in, um, at the time, uh, ninth grade, and um, so... Uh, after examining me and everything like that, we actually became friends. He was in radiobiology. He was going on. To, we have all the records. Because I saved that. Uh, it's in my high school newspaper all about him and that he, he, used to, he was a spy. 
and he had uh, actually uh, pretended to be pro-Hitler, and his own family and everybody hated him. They thought he was a, you know, a horrible man because he was pro-Hitler, but actually he finally, uh, his spying that caught up with him and he was put in a concentration camp, he escaped. I mean, the man is a hero. So he he was telling me all this, and I we he I was up it this way. He never had a daughter or anything. He at the time uh, I met him, he was actually teaching the royal family of Denmark. Okay, he was one of their tutors. So uh, he loved kids and uh, talking to me, and he also saw what I was working on and made sure that I had my own lab at Manatee High School. That at that time was in the <laughs> my lab was set up inside there where they kept all their chemicals. I had access to every chemical and all this all the stuff behind the scenes. I had access to materials I shouldn't. Military officers liked me too. Um, I, I uh, they they uh, actually sent me got, to stuck into college. DARPA before they called it DARPA. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I had actually ended up actually attending classes in Russian so I could read medical papers in cancer, okay, wow. in Russian. So while I was, when I was pretty young, the other thing is I had already started with a group of fish. They're called mollies. Now, mollies are black. Yeah. And, and, hey, hey, Judith, right okay, here. Okay, we're this, 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 is a, this is a break we can't miss. Uh, sure. Hold your thought process right there. And we will be we, we will be back with Judith Ann Berry, who we know as Judith Berry Baker, um, after the break here. Hold hold on, Judith. We'll be back in a few minutes here. Thank you, my friend. Okay. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Homeowners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you. And your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Please call 855-253-3748. 855-2-KEEP-IT-TODAY. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. 
However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste by going to rbnhemppaste.com. That's rbnhemppaste.com. I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade. He'd let us in. As much as I want to hear this Beatles song, Octopus's Garden, kind of brings back uh, some more peaceful days. Um, you know, folks, w- welcome back to uh, um, Al's Corner here. Um, and and I'm, I'm here with an interview with uh, Judith Barry Baker. Uh, it was, uh, through no fault of mine, this is one of my RBN friends and family who I value. My friend down in Louisiana knew her and said, hey, you know, um, would you like to have Judith Barry Baker on your show? And I'm like, oh, my God, yes. And, and, you know, actually, I, I talked with Judith for like an hour and 15 minutes today, you know, more than time than we have on this show right now. But, um, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm, we're, we're, hopefully, this, hopefully she'll come back on with us, you know, in the future, because there's so much to talk about, so little time. And, and I'll, I'll shut up, and it's like, Judith, get back to what you want to talk about, my friend. Okay, and, yeah, I seeing how sweet and friendly you are, and I, I assume you have followers that are similar, and welcome then to my world, okay, uh, which has been most interesting. Uh, even now, it's uh, things that are breaking through. A lot of people are recognizing, finally, I, was, uh, I want to say that anybody who is suffering from COVID or long COVID, uh, contact uh, this, this program, and uh, I'll see what I can do to help you. I'm not a doctor. You must check everything with your doctor, but I've been helping a lot of people. And I, I feel obligated because, as I say, I was, got involved in something that was... Yeah, uh, un- unfortunately, awesome. we almost have to say this is for entertainment purposes only. Yeah, but, but you know, it, but yeah. entertainment, you know, what we talk about is reality. But we have to, you know, yeah, we, we okay. can't, All yeah, right. we can't, okay. yeah. Okay, well, at, at any rate, um, it, can I give my email address? Yes, ma'am. Do whatever you want to. This okay. is your show. Okay. All right. Uh, just look at how to spell Judith Barry Baker and put in front of it at gmail.com. Okay? Now, that one sometimes gets uh, shut down, but I usually get it back. So let's try that, anybody who wants to talk to me. I love everybody, and I want to help you. All right. As best as I'm able. Now, about the mollies. Mollies are black. Uh, tropical fish that bear their young alive. Now, what people don't know about mollies is that the male does nothing except excite her. He doesn't give her sperm. She literally creates her daughters. They're all daughters and just some males out of her own uh, DNA and RNA and her own uh, eggs and everything. And it, the male has nothing and, to do and, with and, and, and that's called parthenogenesis, I believe. Is that, is that right, Judy? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, and what's yeah. important about that is that that means they're all the same. That is, if you give a certain chemical to the mother and the babies, they're going to act the same way with that chemical. What a wonderful, uh, you know, they could use these uh, these fish, for, and they do, uh, for uh, melanoma studies. Well, what the fish well, let's, had, let's just put a fi- bunch of phytoestrogens out, out, out in the world, and women can have babies without a man. Yes. Who the hell knows? Yeah. What, well... Thank God we have more. Uh, Molly's uh, ha, are so susceptible because they they can't vary their genes that they get melanoma all the time. So I, when I saw some Molly's on sale, I had remember reading about it in the encyclopedia. So I put my Elvis record back I bought and got some Molly's instead. So I started reading them. Sure enough, she, she ended up with melanoma and then her babies. And so I had cancer. I had a fish with cancer right from almost the beginning of my interest. Now, while all that's going on, uh, Knut Mickelson, as I said, got me set up a lab and all that, but I was still doing chemistry, and I ended up at the International Science Fair for inventing a new uh, improved way of getting magnesium out of seawater. By the way, we can get lithium out of seawater. We don't have to worry about EV cars. They're going to destroy the environment. We really and what 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 is one of the main minerals that we are deficient in in throughout society? Magnesium is that well, not lithium. true? Lithium. Oh. Yeah. 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 Well, anyway, lithium is is also a you know it it is a huge tranquilizer. So watch out because it's been overused by uh, psychiatrists and so on. I'll just go into the store and buy some buy my base some baby water and give them extra fluoride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yep, that's right. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it, okay, so... Every, every so. time I go to the grocery store and I see a woman with this baby water, you know, with a baby uh-huh. in, in, their, in, in, their, in their basket, and I see this baby water, I, I feel like slapping this woman and saying, look, on the Internet, don't look at the first search results. Look like two or three or five or, five or ten pages back. What you're doing to your baby, you're giving them extra fluoride. It's baby water. It's great. I mean, my God. Well, they, yeah. they actually, in, in uh, Sweden, uh, Nestle's tried to bottle water in Sweden, and they didn't put fluoride on it, and they got in trouble. They have to put, they actually add fluoride, Nestle's does, to pure, perfectly pure water. What, we have so much, I can, we can call conspiracy. Why don't they care? Well, you know, if you get people sick, then other people can go ahead and what, and use chemicals and drugs to heal them when they shouldn't have gotten sick at all to begin with. We don't have a society, as you know, geared to teach doctors to treat the cause instead of the symptoms, just as I, yeah. as you know, and everybody should know. Everything's hey, hey, been hey, subverted, hey, turned hey, upside if, if you're down. a doctor and you say the word cure, you're going to lose your medical license. Yeah. Huh? Well, I've, when you, we're talking you, you about You treat COVID, and you right. manage. You don't cure a damn thing. Yeah. I, uh, so... Anyway, in, in my past, what we were talking about, so here I'm at the International Science Fair, but I brought all my cancer research stuff with me. And, by the way, I had made friends, or I should say he made friends with me. Um, I was introduced to McKinley Cantor, who wrote Andersonville, had the Pulitzer Prize and all that, lived in Sarasota. I'm living in Braden, right at the border there. And he would have me come over to his, he had a, uh, in Sarasota, would walk along the beach there with a, and have me hold the uh, tape recording after he 
he would have me bring my stuff I, that I'd written, and he'd lambast and tell me what a terrible writer I was, but he kept wanting me to come back because I, I really was a fairly good writer, okay? <laughs> he, he, uh, but he was strict and hard and harsh, you know? But then uh, he would let me hear how he composed. And here he's, you, do you know who Curtis LeMay, uh, General Curtis LeMay is? Yes, I know right, Curtis, Curtis. Yes, I know. I know who that right, is. Curtis yeah. LeMay is an evil man. Really wanted to bomb Japan out of existence. For example, he wanted all the bombs to go. He wanted the whole country to be wiped out, and so on. Die, Japs, die. Yeah, yeah. And he's uh, been parodied in the film Doctor Strangelove. Okay, <laughs> he's the gen- he's the general that wants everybody to die. All right. Anyway. So here's McKinley Chandler, and he is writing the biography, and he's doing it on a tape recorder, recording. I'm holding the tape recorder, and we're walking along the beach, and I, we do this for several weeks, and I find out I just don't like this man at all, you know. But uh, there was a poem that I had written, and uh, McKinley Cantor actually sent the poem to General Curtis LeMay. I'm just trying to tell you some of the background, how I got involved at such an early age with all this. So here's a... And that poem was called First Lady. And anyway, the last two lines were like this. That's the American flag, by the way. Oh, precious dear First Lady, to thee do we give our love, for you are the flag of the United States, streaming on high above. Okay. Well, the whole poem was very uh, poetic that way and patriotic. And sure enough, um, Curtis LeMay liked it and sent it to his generals, and they sent it all around. Uh, You know, that's the way it was. Well... So I go to the International Science Fair, and right across from me is Rob Strom. I mean, all of us were all young geniuses, and we, uh, you know, my my magnesium from the sea project, you know, has gone all the way to International Science Fair. And Rob Strom, uh, with a $64,000 question, across from me, he has all kinds of things about, uh, well, how to program a lunar capsule to go around the moon and come back, and it was very nice. Well, all these military officers came to see his stuff, but as I have a letter from him that says, well, yeah, but I was ta- I was talking left- leftist theology to them, you know. <laughs> he was a leftist. And this one uh, military officer turned to me. I'm standing there paying attention to me. And he said, what about you, young lady? Do you hate your country, too? Of course, Rob didn't hate his country, but th- these guys are extremists. We're talking about Indianapolis that's where the John Birch Society was founded just a few years earlier, okay? People with a brain. People, people, right. people who questioned and who thought, yes. It, it, it's a well, terrible so, crime. Yeah. Well, yeah so, yeah, so they were disgusted with Rob, although he just said his feelings, you know. And, um, and so I recited those last two lines. He said, what about you, uh, young lady? Or, or do you hate your country, too? I said, oh, no. I said, in fact, I love my country and I love my flag. And then I did those last two lines. He said, it's you. you we have your poem. <laughs> like that. And he said, then they took me all around and introduced me to people. I got uh, contacts with Walter Reed. I got contacts with Oak Ridge and so on. And they got to see my cancer stuff. And what do you know? I ended up with a lab. I ended up with Rockefeller's Foundation sent me white mice. That's how I got started on that. Later, a bank sent me more. And uh, in the end, Dr. James Renier sent me germ-free mice. Now, I told you my family is Hungarian family. I was born in South Bend, Indiana. That's where Notre Dame is. Renier 
was from Notre Dame, and Rainier was the first person to have germ-free mice. These are really important because they have no immune system. They're really, by the way, horribly hard to keep alive, as I found out. But I had um, chambers that I'd used for my magnesium project that I could keep them that were sterile, you know, that had been used actually to um, turn magnesium into metal, you know, without exploding. And my father worked very hard to make sure I didn't die because um, it was dangerous what I was doing with the magnesium. But anyway, now I've got these germ-free mice, and I have worked very hard. Um, I was allowed into all kinds of uh, labs and got to see a lot of stuff. Uh, all kind, oh, uh, it's all in my book, and I've, I've documented everything. in Newspaper articles, they were written about me. They went all over the United States and so on. And I even got a letter of congratulations from Bertrand Russell. That was actually a telegram. And from Arthur Godfrey, who had lung cancer. And um, they, the Damon Runyon Foundation and so on. So I've got all this stuff. And But then I had a problem. I gave these mice a serious lung cancer using cigarette products. <laughs> and the problem was, Ooh. yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, the, the, the danger, danger, because you have a very huge industries, not interested in that. There were three campaigning doctors, Dr. George Moore of Roswell Park Institute. This is very important. I know this sounds boring, but I've got to tell you about these three doctors. They worked together and testified against cigarette smoking, but they didn't have any darn proof, you know, yet. They hadn't. The Surgeon General's uh, warning and all that would come out within a year and a half of what I'm talking about. Now we're talking about, we're, uh, I've gone forward here and skipped a lot of stuff, but my by now my the work I was doing, my mice had such enormous tumors and everything, they were frightened. And the school put made a new lab for me under the stadium, <laughs> far from all the classes. They were terrified at what I was doing. It turns out they were right. They had good reason. Yeah. So. Oh, oh, uh, oh my God, she's going to bring some truth out. We can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they, well, they put ultraviolet lights in it, everything. They were terrified at what I was doing. They really were. And uh, now I had been working with doctors who had been treated at Oak Ridge, but now they didn't know what I had. I didn't know what I was going to do. Then I realized that the, um, remember, when I was the international So, 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 so parent, you're saying that they put you underground before under, underground was cool. Okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> so, so I have the... Uh, I've got these mice, and I've got doctors who don't understand what's going on. They had no electron microscopes. They did. But now there were three important doctors who did know what, what in the heck I was doing. Dr. Uh, George Moore was working the SV40 monkey virus and, and other things at Roswell Park Institute in Buffalo, New York. That's the oldest institute in America, okay? He had like 800 people working for him, doctors all under him, not counting staff and thousands, you know. Now, the other hey, one hey, was hey, Dr. Hey, Judith, Judith, uh, Judith, on this point, may I stop you? It was not just the simian virus 40, but, um, you know, uh, you know uh, Haslam brings there out... There were 39 others. <laughs> the, the SIV, the simino, simian immunovirus, which is what was really probably the cause of AIDS and all the, the, the immunovirus. Yeah, the va it's vacuolating virus. All these vacuolating yeah. simian viruses, uh, I can tell you a lot about them, and... Um, you're talking to the right person here, all right, about them. 
What everybody should know is that these viruses are not like the RNA-derived viruses that uh, we see ordinarily. Retroviruses. They, they, no. Wait, wait. No. no, these these are DNA-based. They're so DNA, different. not RNA, okay. That's right. Yeah. Wow. But, they, but you see, all the research has been done on RNA-based and respiratory viruses. You see what I'm saying? They did not handle this thing. It's really important because they still don't do a good job, all right? Uh, all right, so let's we'll get to that pretty soon. But that virus, you have, need to understand about the SIV and, uh, and your SV40 viruses, they have, they're relatively extremely simple. In fact, the SV40 monkey virus was the very first virus that they got the complete DNA sequencing on, and it helped them to actually sequence and figure out the human genome, okay? So it is extremely simple, and but it was a key to actually unwrapping and uh, analyzing the structure of human DNA. So uh, to remember that, that this is a really remarkable and dangerous virus to this day. And boy, does, do they avoid talking about it. Because they it, do not they, have they create a control. They created a playground for psychopaths. Yes. It is actually not under control, and uh, I can explain that a little later, why we're having all kinds of cancers, and they never attribute it to the SB40 for many good reasons that you're going to find out about. But let's start uh, where we are here. With I have uh, Dr. Deal, Dr. Harold Deal. Who is he? Vice President for Research for the American Cancer Society. The third doctor um, was Dr. Alton J. Oxner of Oxner Clinic in New Orleans. And that's oh, where wow. I will end up. Oh, no, 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 he, he was an altruistic, wonderful man, wasn't he? <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> Sorry, uh, that's, that's my Jade coming But you through. have to remember, this is the same man that beat his, his boys with a belt so hard that he built, broke the belt on them. Yep. I know. There's a lot we can say about him, about how when when Mary Sherman was found murdered, he didn't even mention it to anybody yet. They had known each other and were close companions. It went on many trips together for 10 years. Why did he not even bring up her, her death? Even in a letter he wrote that day. The day well, she well, well, it, it's it's like Ed, Ed Haslam's father was involved in all that. And, and even yeah. Ed, Ed, Ed Haslam's father, you know, who wrote well, Dr. Mary's Monkeys, you know, uh, you know, he went deep into it, but he was deep as he was Hey, we've got the music here. We've got to take a break real quick here, and then we'll just have a few minutes. And in these last few minutes, I'll let you tell them how they can contact you and find out about you, and hopefully you will come back on later on. But we'll take a break here real quick, and we'll be right back. Wednesday morning papers didn't come. Extendivite really works. Here's just a few testimonials from Amazon. RL, five stars. Been taking this for two months now. I feel better. Have more energy. April, my husband started taking Extendivite and he said he feels much better and has more energy. EW, need to try. Everyone needs this for their health. Great product, great people. Josie, it works great. This product has made my blood pressure and cholesterol stable. I highly recommend it. JC, great product, has worked well these last few years. 
To get your Extendivite today, go to Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Or call us at 1-877-928-8822. Extend your life with Which will conclusively prove George Soros' role in orchestrating the pandemic. But first, dear patriots, the truth train has brought us a conspiracy in our own backyard. Now, you may think you know the story. Now, it's like I always say, there's a whole lot of bull- out there. So I'd like to give Soros, Pelosi, the Zionists, the Mexican, Mexican, the Snowflakes, the Mexican, Mexican, the Snowflakes, and, 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 and,
uh, I was pretty much on my own, and the school said there's no way that they would let me in. They were right. Nobody would let me into this important conference. So I decided to break in. So I, I uh, made it across. I, could, I had to walk, and uh, this bus was coming along, a trailways bus, so I uh, raised my skirt. And he saw my thigh and stopped. And I got on the <laughs> You little vixen. I got on the bus. Got on the bus <laughs> and he said, You're lucky. Uh that's you could even see the doctor's hotel where it was on the other side of the Sunshine Skyway. So he let me off and all that. I went in, uh inside all these doctors and and uh writers and they're all in their big suits and their fancy medical outfits and and the door, I slipped in but with my little high school press pass between two big tall guys, and they didn't see me, and I was inside, and then the doors closed. But I have nowhere to sit. <laughs> someone finally moved over. I sat down. But every I'm sure you found party. someone with a lap to sit on, didn't you? Uh, no, that would come later. <laughs> what happened? Um, I'm the only girl there, and I am... 17 years old, and I have all my papers and things because I You were a beautiful young woman. I've seen pictures of you in high school. You're still a beautiful woman, but when you were in high school, you were beautiful. And and, and Judith, unfortunately, it's like we're getting right next to the end of our program. But but you know, my friend, uh, if if you will come back on, I will talk to you off air. If you will come back on, and we can continue this. I would be more than happy to have you on, and we can talk about what's going on. We can continue this next week. That would be great. I hope everybody has enjoyed this. Uh, my book is uh, Lee Harvey Oswald and Me. Just go to at Judith, and you'll see how you can get the book. It's got everything in it, all the evidence, witnesses, and how it links to today. I, I, Judith, like Judith I've, I've just met you, but but I love you. You're one of my RBN family now. So you and I've got your number, and we will talk again, my friend. This, this is this is Al's corner. We'll be back next week. Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution. This is RBN. 
The Republic Broadcasting Network.